we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. And welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, we have our interview with Ryan Lizanis. Ron, how are you doing? I'm great, Ed. How are you? Good. Well, we were supposed to do this show live from my house. I know. But your plans got changed, so you you uh, flew back to California this morning. Uneventful flight, I take it. Yes, with an upgrade. So I was happy about that. But I, you <laughs> Sweet. Know, it, meeting hell, Ed. Meeting hell. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you were in you, meeting hell. You understand, I think. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, were any, were any of your meetings meetings about meetings? Like oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like we chatted one time. I had a tertiary meeting. The pre-meeting... Nice to decide who should be on the pre-meeting call for the meeting. Nice. Which is just great. Just <laughs> bureaucracy squared. I love it. Well, I think our our, our guest can, uh, can uh, have compassion for us as well, but I uh, just want to read his background and bring him in here. Uh, Ryan Lazanis is the CEO of Zen Accounting. He is a CPA and CA in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. But he identifies more with being an entrepreneur and loves disruptive technology and business models. So you can see right away why he's a, a guest on the show. After spending many years in public practice in a small traditional firm, he founded Zen Accounting in 2013, which was the first uh, cloud accounting firm in Canada. 100% is online, totally paperless, fully cloud-based. Uh, they leverage all great technologies to make their, their customers' accounting work flawlessly. And um, he writes and has spoken at various events around the world on subjects such as blockchain and cryptocurrency, as well as technology and accounting. And prior to starting Zen, he was a DJ in Montreal. Maybe we'll ask him about that. That could be some fun questions there. But his biggest passion, I'm sorry, is traveling to remote destinations with his wife. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Ryan Lazanis. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Really looking forward to the show today. Well, for, I guess the first question I have to ask you, have you ever been in a tertiary meeting, a meeting about a meeting about a meeting? That sounded quite brutal. I'm sure I've been in a couple of those, though uh, they don't come to mind, and I'd, uh, I'd like to uh, push those away as much as possible. But, uh, yeah, that definitely sounds like meeting hell, Ron. <laughs> Well, let, let, let's talk about your firm and how you hopefully have eliminated that kind of thing in, in your organization. But tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and Zen Accounting. Right. So, um, so I'm, a, I'm a CPA in, uh, in Montreal, Canada, and um, I started my accounting career in a very small traditional accounting firm. There's about five people that work there, and I always targeted the smaller firms. I always felt it was a bit more entrepreneurial and didn't really want, didn't really felt like I would fit in at the big guys and always wanted to kind of see the full cycle of a small business. So that's kind of why I started my career at a small firm. Um, after obtaining, obtaining my 
professional designation, I, uh, I left the firm and uh, I went to work in industry. I was an assistant controller at a medical company that lasted a whole six months till I realized that just wasn't a good fit for me. And, you know, I guess I wanted to take my training with, uh, in accounting with my passion for technology and kind of create a new kind of service offering in Canada, something that didn't really exist at the time. I was, I was a bit disillusioned with, um, you know, the general way that accounting firms were run, uh, given my experience in a small firm. And I wanted to kind of flip things on its head and offer a new kind of experience to entrepreneurs in the digital age. And that's when I started Zen Accounting in 2013. Um, so it was really modeled around how could we provide a, a great customer experience to small businesses. And uh, I, I, I know that small business owners and entrepreneurs, they hate their accounting. And how could we just make accounting as easy as possible for them? So it really started off as more of a technology play, like meeting uh, business owners online via Skype and using cloud accounting software. That was a pretty new idea in Canada in 2013, um, and it really took off along. Uh, 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 it really took off uh, with the millennial generation, uh, and especially business owners in the tech space. And that's kind of how we carved out our niche very early on. And uh, what we're about now at Zen Accounting, we're about we're close to 15 people on the team. Uh, we're about providing our customers with an easy, automated, and paperless accounting service. Uh, we service businesses across Canada in a completely virtual and paperless environment. And uh, we're providing uh, uh, basically um, uh, fixed-priced uh, packages uh, that include their their apps, uh, bookkeeping, and tax services, as well as uh, support during the year um, at its core. So uh, I guess that gives you a little bit of a background of who I am and uh, how I uh, came to start Zen Accounting. And and why do you do what you do, Ryan? Why why did you get involved in accounting in the first place? So that, I mean, sometimes you you fall into to, to, to things. Um, I, I think I've always I always liked business, and I thought that accounting was a good backbone for that. I can't say I'm a a passionate uh, a person about uh, accounting standards and tax, actually far from it. I, I try and stay away from that aspect of things in the business as much as humanly possible. Um, I like the more business side of things, business development, marketing, crafting a uh, uh, different kind of service experience, uh, disrupting the way that, you know, things have traditionally taken place in accounting firms. So, um, that's what I that's what I like focusing on the business. Um, the fact that I started an accounting firm really had to do with the fact that I had most of my experience in accounting. Um, it was just trying to take a new spin on that. And when you formed Zen Accounting in 2013, did you form it with the intention, obviously, of being in the cloud? But did you form it yeah. w where you did not do timesheets at all from the very beginning? So it was just myself. Uh, when I started the firm and uh, timesheets really didn't make much sense if it was just a one-man show. Um, and it did start right off the bat with fixed-price packaged plans. So right off the bat, it okay. started with that. And when I talked to you earlier on about like crafting, you know, uh, you know, I always found that for small business owners, they got, they got nervous about their accounting and, and they got scared about their accounting and taxes and how can we create like a, a pain-free experience for these for these business owners? And part of it is the way that 
people are used to interacting with their accounting firm. Um, you know, when they're getting surprise bills in the mail, for instance, you know, a month or two down the road, you know, that doesn't really help create a good customer experience. So right out, right from the get-go, it was about crafting the best possible customer experience. And part of it had to do with the pricing. And I didn't know anything about value pricing at the time. I, I knew nothing about it. I just knew that if you could provide the customer with insight about what they're going to be paying and what they're going to be receiving up front, that would reduce some of the stress that would come along with dealing with an accounting firm. So that was really very early on in the process when creating the firm was creating that kind of pricing model. So when you when you brought your first couple of, of uh, colleagues on with you, you didn't have them yeah. do a timesheet so that you could check with them. You just you were already timesheet list and come on come on board and Our, this is how we're going to make things fly. Correct, because there was already a loose model in place at the time, and I just didn't see the need for a timesheet. Uh, for me, it just didn't make sense. Um, that's a very good question. I don't even know why I didn't go down the other path, but you know there was already a price in place. You already knew what you needed to deliver, and I just didn't think it was necessary to measure people's time. You, you, you knew what your costs were in advance. Exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah, it good, probably good. took a little bit of time to figure that out, because when I originally started the firm, I mean, it was the first business I ever, I ever operated, and I didn't quite know what I was doing. There was a lot of mistakes I had to make along the way. Um, but, you know, it just never, it just was never even a thought to, to, to implement timesheets. And when, when you brought these folks on board, were any of them previously accountants? Were, and so that, were they asking, so where's the timesheet? Or were, were, did the folks that you hire also have similar like-minded values that, that uh, enabled them to come on board a lot quicker? Well, that, that's a selling point for during our recruitment process, and that's something that we advertise in our job postings. And it's one of the things that drive a lot of professionals away from some of the firms they're working at because their, their timesheet is just a shackle, basically. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big selling point, actually, and that's something that we, we you know, during the recruitment process, we would, we would, I would very early on tell them about, and they'd, they'd be very happy about it. <laughs> no. They probably thought you were a little bit crazy, but okay. Yeah, let's we'll give yeah, this a I, shot. I think or... people think I'm a little bit crazy at the firm. <laughs> well, that's good. You got to keep them on their on on their toes. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so so you 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 brought your first couple. We got about a minute left before our first break. Um, yep. And what about customers? Did you find any resistance to this? Did you find some customers say to you, "Hey, so how many how many hours is going to take you?" And you got to tell me what the, what your hourly rate is. I think very early on that would happen because I think like the pricing model that's that's in place now, people are are general they they've heard of that and they're generally used to that kind of model. But in 2013, it was a it was a, it was something that were they were not quite used to. So I think very early on there was maybe a little bit of pushback, but generally speaking, nobody wants to get charged by the hour. So um, there are often times when they ask you to justify your price in terms of the number of hours, but 
I think if you approach things in a, in a certain manner, um, th- that doesn't even come onto the table anymore. Outstanding. Well, Ryan, we're up against our first break. We want to remind our listeners that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website, the soulofenterprise.com where you can see show notes from all of our previous 210 shows as well as the notes for upcoming shows and the previews to what we're going to be talking about in the future but right now a word from our sponsor and the folks who handle our handle our great social media leading results Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Ryan Lozanis of Zen Accounting from Montreal. And I just have to say, Ryan, Montreal is my favorite Canadian city so far. No way. <laughs> I haven't been well, haven't have been you? to all of them, but what an incredible yeah. city it is. Love it. Yeah, it's a great spot. Did you grow up there? Yeah, I've been here my whole life. Wow. Wow. Yeah, very, very nice. Very European, you know, just really yeah. a neat, neat city. Yeah. Um have you have you, you said had something that, to grab a poutine here, Ron? You said something that really resonated with me, Ryan. You said you made this change because you wanted to create a better customer experience. And that's exactly why I did this back in 1989. I got so sick and tired of that conversation with the client, either in person or on the phone, when they you know, hold up their invoice and say, why didn't you tell me it was going to cost this much? And my only answer was, well, I spent the time and... I just said, this has got to stop. There's got to be a better way. Why don't our business clients have these pricing objections from their customers? And it was because, well, every other business on the planet prices up front. So we just started doing it in my firm and we didn't know anything. I mean, 
it, it was solely done to create a better customer experience. And, I, and so I just love that about what you just said to Ed in the last segment. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's the real reason that we we implemented that. It was really it's it's putting the customer first. Absolutely, and you know what? That gets lost in this whole discussion and debate surrounding the timesheet and the billable hour and and this move. Um, it, it's to create more value for the customer and create a better customer experience. And I just I I just wish uh, we advocated that more. I mean, we try to, but I think it gets lost among all the pricing theory and, you know, behavioral economics is kind of clouding all of this issue. But no, this is to get to the customer to create a better experience. That's the sole purpose, I think, or one of the, you know, the big major driver. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So let me ask you this. You you talked a little with Ed about how it's affected your practice. You talked about it's a recruiting tool which I have found too and other firms that have done this. It's a great, it's a lightning rod for, for talent, I think. Uh, and this, and that's what you found. I mean, when you go out into the market for recruiting talent, you're able to say, if you come here, we'll treat you like an adult and you don't have to do a timesheet. And that really resonates with folks. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a huge selling point And uh, it just, like you said, it, you're treating people like professionals. You know, there's a job to get done. There's there's a deadline uh, that that needs to be respected. But um, you know, we don't need to measure every uh, 15 minute increment of your day. Um, you know, there's there's different ways on how we could handle uh, planning for your tasks and and different types of reporting we can do to give us the insight we need in, in running a business. We don't need a timesheet to do that. Right. It's like. By the time you see something on a timesheet, it's too late anyway. I always say it's like timing your cookies with your smoke alarm, but yeah. it, you know it, it, it's a it's a data point that's that's truly not necessary. It's not making us better pricers. It's not helping us improve team member performance, kind of like annual performance reviews and and good project mm-hmm. management, as Ed's done several shows on, is really how you plan capacity and plan deadlines and just yep. plan workflow. You don't need a timesheet yeah. to do any of that. And and you said Absolutely. your customers you said your customers were really receptive to this as well. And I <laughs> have you found talking to other uh, CPAs and your colleagues, you know, like if you go to an event or some conference, whatever, and you're talking about how you don't have timesheets, I find that it's not the customers that need to that need to be convinced. It it's the professionals yeah. that need to be convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I remember the, the tides are turning, definitely. Um, it's not like a, a crazy idea anymore. But I remember very early on when I started the firm, and I would go to some networking events. And one of the networking events was uh, I went to like a, a, a mid-sized firm that I had uh, good relations good relations with. And uh, I remember I was talking to one of the partners, and you know, started talking about the fact that you know we didn't use timesheets, and he he actually took offense to that. He took offense and he ended the conversation and walked away. Um, that's how serious some of these people take this method of doing things, you know? So um, definitely it's not the customer. The customers want this. They're not asking to be billed by the hour. It's the professionals that's hanging on to this. That's right. I, I couldn't agree more. And I've had the same reaction, by the way, from some professionals. I, I, believe, I, I truly do believe among the fanatics, the timesheet and the billable hour 
it's a religion. It's blind faith. Yep. And, you know, Verisage is oftentimes accused of being a cult and you guys are purists and all that. But we're based on empirical evidence. This is how most savvy businesses run. I mean, McKinsey's not doing timesheets. Accenture's not doing timesheets. Bain and company's not doing timesheets. Uh, you know, th this is an idea from the day before yesterday, and it needs to go away. Um, mm -hmm. The other question I wanted to ask you, which is also not talked about enough, in my opinion, is when you get rid of timesheets, your focus becomes how can we drive more value to the client? How can we create more value, you know, for our customers? And what has been the sense of the incidence of creativity and innovation and collaboration? Because that's a big word now. Everybody wants to be collaborative. Have you seen creativity, innovation, and collaboration increase because of this? Say relative to your uh, experience in the first firm where you started. I mean, I'd have to think of some specific examples, but I would say yes, because first off, before putting a price out, you have to, you have to make sure that it, it actually makes sense for the client. You can't, that, that price has to be justifiable and there has to be, there has to be clear value that's being delivered to them. So you, we will never put a price on the table unless we know we're going to be creating value for the client and that the value is exceeding that price. So in order to get to that point, I think you do have to, you, you have to debate internally, like what, what we're proposing, does this make sense? Does this create value? What, what else could we do to increase the amount of value that we're providing to this customer for, you know, um, you know, uh, any given price? So I think, I, I think definitely it, it takes a, a, a completely different mindset. And because of that, we have to be a bit more creative. When you're charging by the hour, there's no creativity whatsoever. It's let the clock run. And when it stops, send out your bill. So, so definitely I think it gets the, uh, I, I think it gets you thinking a lot more. And, and how about when after the price has been set and now you're approaching the work and just dealing with the relationship with the, with the customer, do you find it more collaborative? You're willing to have another team member maybe sit in on a meeting with the customer or maybe just a brainstorming meeting about the customer. And, and just because of that collaboration, more ideas are shared, more, more creativity comes out in solving and, you know, pursuing customer opportunities when you're not, you don't have that sort of Damocles hanging over your head. Like, you know, the first question I would ask people when I worked in the big eight firm, when they'd ask for help on a client, what's yeah. the charge code? You, you don't yeah. you don't have that problem. You can go into a colleague and ask for help, and they'll give it to you because you yeah. just want to create value. There, there's definitely barriers that are taken down, and, and I do agree that there's collaboration because at the end of the day, we're promising a certain result, and how we get to that result may require a couple extra resources on the team. So I don't I don't that's perfectly fine with me. If, if more people need to jump in and help out the clients and, and assure that result that we've, um, that we've promised to the client, then, you know, um, I'm perfectly fine with that. Right. I, you know, you had written a blog post and that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on the show and the, the title is a bit long, but I'm going to read it anyway. It says the firm I run Zen accounting has been operating for five years. Gulp without a timesheet. Sounds crazy to many firm owners and managers running an accounting firm without timesheets probably does. 
What what inspired you to write that? Because I thought it was really well done, and you admitted your challenges, and you admitted some of the hurdles you've overcome, but you stuck with the theme of this is a better customer experience. But what was the motivating factor behind writing this? So I started a blog, RyanLazanis.com. I started this a few months ago, and the motivation behind this blog was sharing some of my experiences over the past few years and running a different kind of firm. And this is a big part of it. Um, so, you know, this is an instrumental part of the model. Um, we operate things a lot differently than probably 95% of the firms out there. So um, it was really about just sharing my experience, talking about how it's possible to kind of break the mold, how it's possible to uh, be creative in the way that you operate your business. You don't have to follow a certain formula. We we didn't follow a formula. We 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 set out to serve a customer in a particular way, and um, you know we have a certain model for getting that done. So this is part of that model, and I just wanted to kind of share that with others uh, that might be contemplating either starting their own firm or you know looking to modernize their firm. What's been the reaction from your colleagues to this blog post? Pretty good. I mean, uh, if I go on LinkedIn, I think this post got like 15,000 views and uh, um, got shared quite a bit. Um, I think it was one of, one of the most shared posts that I wrote on this blog to date. So uh, I, think it, I think it got a pretty good reaction, actually. I, di- I didn't see anyone talking, any, posting any negative comments about it. Wow, that's fantastic. I, I, I wish yeah. I could say the same. <laughs> Usually if I post something like this, you know, you get about one third that really want to engage in a massive argument. <laughs> right. Um, you said also something that's interesting. You said you think that this is being picked up. More and more people are moving towards this. We certainly see that amongst the younger upstart firms such as yourself and in, even in other countries like Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and even the U.K., and I'm just wondering, do, do you think this business model is starting to diffuse and possibly running towards a tipping point? I think the I think the millennial generation does not connect whatsoever with the way things were previously run. Uh, so I think you're seeing a lot of the, the 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 new firms on the block. They're starting with that kind of mindset that the timesheet is really not necessary. I mean, I know. You know, many of the many many of the firms I speak with on an ongoing basis, they don't have timesheets and they don't need timesheets. There's other metrics that are more important. So um, I, I definitely think that this is catching on now. I don't think I think it's going to take a very very long time, if ever, to have timesheets completely replaced. Uh, I don't think that will ever happen. But uh, you might disagree with me on that one, Ron. But um, uh, I definitely see uh, this is this is things are trending in the direction that timesheets are becoming less and less important, especially especially as automation and technology becomes so much more prevalent. You're gonna you're gonna this technology is gonna basically automate you out of a job. So uh, you know the same stuff that you were doing a few years ago is gonna take you a fraction of the time now. So um, that hourly pricing model is is just is, is just not going to work. Right. And, and 
kind of what we're seeing, Ryan, is yes, firms are adopting the subscription model, the fixed price model, but they're still clinging to the timesheet because yep. you know, how would we know if we're profitable? How would we know if our team was productive and all those other, you know, medieval thinking uh, surrounding yep. this issue? That That's really, really hard. I don't know if it will diffuse like in my lifetime, but uh, I, I, we're, I, we're definitely heading in the right direction. And I just want to ask you really quick, as we, we're up against a break, you offer options on your uh, website. Now, you don't have prices. Yeah. You, you have a free assessment button. But you have Simply Zen, Absolute Zen, and Supreme Zen. And I just, real quick, because so many of our listeners are probably moving to this three-tiered model, um, what percentage of the clients pick each one of those options, roughly, would you say? So the majority are definitely on the middle option. Uh, let's say, let's say, uh, 60% or maybe slightly higher than that would be on a middle option. Um, and then the minority are on option three, which would be the lowest priced option. Um, definitely most people don't go with the lowest price option and then the rest would go on the, the highest price option. So that's something that, uh, you know, um, I learned from reading your book actually. And, um, that's all of our pricing is, is, is custom priced. So what's on the site actually probably needs a bit of a, a makeover where we're creating three custom plans for each, each, for each customer. client, right? Uh, pricing, so three custom pricing plans, the three customer, customers. not the services. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. That's excellent. Well, Ryan, we're up against our break and, uh, I'd like to remind you folks, if you want to send Ed or myself an email, send it to asktsoe at verisage.com. We love getting your emails. We've got several giving us suggestions for shows, topics, videos we should watch, articles we should read. We love all that. We read them all. We, we reply to all of them as well. And of course, we'll post full show notes with our interview with Ryan at thesoulofenterprise.com and link to his blog, his article and where you can find out more about him. And now we want to hear from our sponsors. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash U.S forward slash S-O-E. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. 
The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Here we are on The Soul of Enterprise talking with Ryan Lozanis, CEO of Zen Accounting. Uh, Ryan, I want to take the the conversation in a, in a different direction onto to one of your passions that you talk about, and, and that is blockchain, cryptocurrency, and maybe a little bit of artificial intelligence. But right on your website, Bitcoin accepted here. So the first question I have to ask is, has anybody paid you in Bitcoin? Yes, we've been paid in Bitcoin. We've paid in we've been paid in other types of cryptocurrencies. Now I'll admit that that hasn't happened in some time, but um, there's a we got into cryptocurrency it was more of a marketing play actually back in 2013 when they went through the first big um uh when the price just skyrocketed back then and uh we put out a press release to say like first uh first accounting firm in North America to publicly accept bitcoin as payments and we got some exposure through that got some clients through that started understanding the space a lot more I got a lot deeper into the space, a lot more interested in it, and uh, we we carved out a little niche for ourselves uh, since then. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, first of all, are you uh, uh, more high on blockchain, or 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 do you specifically think that that Bitcoin is the way to play as well? Well, you can't have blockchain. You can't have the main blockchain that that's that's out there right now is happening because of bitcoin so they kind of they kind of go together now bitcoin as a a, a virtual currency I actually i don't think that's going to take off simply because it takes too long for process uh, transactions to process there's other cryptocurrencies out there that are a lot more interesting for that uh, bitcoin's more looked at as like a digital gold um but you know blockchain as an underlying technology has so many different uh, use cases and uh, the market's really feeling itself out right now. And I'm particularly interested in how it's going to apply to accountants, bookkeepers, and auditors. And how do you see that unfolding? It's very, so I wrote a few blogs on this um, uh, just this week, actually, um, talking about how it's going to apply to bookkeepers, how it's going to apply to accountants, how it's going to apply to auditors. It's it's hard to tell exactly how it's going to play out, and I think we're still in the very early days. I think it could be you know another two, three, four, five years before we really see a big impact in the profession. But ultimately, if you think about what blockchain is, all it is is a ledger. It's a ledger, and the technology is what the technology does is it records and verifies data automatically. So that concept in itself is very applicable to what accountants, bookkeepers, and auditors do. So I believe it's going to be able to play a role in, in being able to automate recording transactions, but also verifying transactions. And do you see that as like um, between companies as well, like a, a public blockchain 
with where where multiple companies would would um, post their transactions on on that public blockchain when they interact with one another. It it might not be a public blockchain. It may be a private blockchain. Um, public blockchain could be a little bit could be a little bit risky for for companies because you may be able to deduce who is who on a public blockchain as long as you know someone's address. So that might be a little bit risky, um, but I, I couldn't quite say at the moment. Yeah, and there's there's different schools of thought on this. One of the the folks here at Sage thinks that the the blockchain has a better chance at replacing the the sub ledger more than it does the gen, general ledger. So handling those the transactions from a receivables payables perspective, again, probably on a on, like I said, a private blockchain between organizations. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on that? That 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 does make sense. I mean, um, you know, we get into the concept of triple entry accounting. Um, that 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 has come up since blockchain has gained in popularity. Where, you know, you could have um, a transaction as a sale is made. For instance, it's recorded on the blockchain. It's recorded in the company in in the customer's books and also in the supplier's books at the very same time. So. You could have all of this happening at once, um, so that could be at a sub-ledger level. Um, but again, it, it's very hard to estimate how this is all going to play out. We're, we're very early in the going, um, uh, and I think a lot of the big players still have to get involved be, uh, before this uh, picks up some steam. Okay. T- turning your attention specifically to cryptocurrencies now, I mean, other other than Bitcoin, do you have one or two that you are... I wouldn't say high on. I'm not asking you to say, "Hey, this is where you should invest," but that you just think that the the technology for for them is 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 superior to some of the others that are out there. So um, definitely, my favorite is Ripple. Um, it's uh, the second uh, biggest cryptocurrency in terms of market cap. They have uh, an all star team. Uh, they're really about um, um, you know. Cro- um, speeding up cross-border payments. Like if you want to send money to China, um, how long does that take? It takes, it could take a few days and it could cost you. Uh, it's pretty expensive to send money uh, overseas. So uh, what Ripple is doing is it's uh, breaking that down and allowing you to transfer anything of value uh, anywhere in the world um, in literally less than a second. So it's a very, it's an incredible technology Um incredible team and uh i'm pretty i'm pretty big on what they're doing any of the others ethereum or uh, i can't or say you know I, I follow them but not as closely uh i think like the big uh the, like the top five are, are going to stick around for a while but they'll probably be a shakeout because there's thousands of useless cryptocurrencies out there that aren't like doing anything the other the big players can so um they'll probably be a bit of a shakeout all right. Let's let's that, that. Thanks for that. Let's talk a little bit about AI. We've got about uh, th- uh, three minutes left in the, in this segment. Where where do you see a AI impacting the accounting profession in the in the shorter term? Uh, you know, we, there's lots of thoughts about the longer term, but I'm talking about maybe the next twelve to eighteen months. Where are we going to see the the impact of AI um, more quickly? So we're starting to see this being becoming a lot more prevalent in like even at a small business level some of the some of the technology that we're using for some of our customers are starting to leverage ai and it's allowing 
you know, data to be extract a little, uh, extracted a little bit more accurately and things to be coded a little bit more accurately. So I think from like a record keeping perspective, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's slowly encroaching on what a bookkeeper is, has been used to doing. Um, and I, I think that, that aspect of things will be, um, you know, we'll see more of that in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, perhaps even from like a reporting standpoint, we might start to see suggestions being made, um, you know, in terms of like how we could optimize uh, things better in a business from a from a profitability standpoint or from a tax standpoint. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably see like software being able to suggest things like smarter, make smarter suggestions uh, to help um uh, uh, really give more tools to the professional. So in a way, it's like it's a a, a pre audit. So hel- helping make decisions before they become mistakes, rather than catching them yeah. after the fact. It's just arming the professional with more tools, basically. Okay. And and what about any other technologies that that you're excited about? Is there any one in particular? It's particular implementation of um, of AI that that you're 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 high on. I think I think we're you know the one I'm very excited about is blockchain. We've already kind of touched on that. AI is you know AI blockchain like you know, those are the buzzwords right now. Those have been the buzzwords for the last year or so, and uh, I think like a lot of it has been marketing speak up until now uh, a lot of people uh you know a lot of a lot of companies just getting others excited about what's happening but um i i'm particularly closely following what's happening with blockchain to see how it's actually going to impact what we're doing and how how we get actually how it's actually going to improve the customer experience at the end of the day Great. Outstanding. Ryan, thanks. Uh, I'm going to get, we'll go to our break here now in just a second, but I uh, want to thank you for being on the show and Ron will take you the rest of the way home. But folks want to remind you the place to go is the soul of enterprise.com. Of course, want to remind you that we're also now on Patreon and you can go to patreon.com P A T R E O N.com slash T S O E. And that will take you to our paid site where you can subscribe to the show and listen commercial free as well as get, as get our conversations in between the commercials with our guests and also bonus episodes that we're recording on a weekly basis. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? 
I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise welcome back everybody we're here with ryan lozanis from zen accounting and ryan i'm going to come back at a macro level on you and ask you what do you think the number one issue facing the accounting profession is today? That's a very good question. Um, number one issue. I think it's probably keeping up with the times. Um, I think we've, I think we've seriously lagged behind where, what customers are expecting from their accounting firms. Um, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of, good firms out there that are kind of staying in tune with what people are looking for from their professionals in the digital age, but a a lot of them are seriously lagging behind. And I think the professional bodies are not keeping up either. Uh, And I think this is how, this is a, this is, this is coming as a detriment to uh, the customers at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. The professional bodies might disagree with you on that, but I, <laughs> I, I happen to agree with you. Uh, they talk a lot about it, but uh, you know, it's still, we've got to implement it at the, at the coal face at, at the firm level, the professional level. But what do you think is the biggest opportunity in the profession right now? Biggest opportunity for who? Firms. So I think, you know, there's, it's wide open right now for people that want to innovate. There's a lot of, like, if you, if you want to follow the old style way of running an accounting firm, that's not going to, that's not going to last much longer. Um, But, and there's a lot of them out there, but if you want to kind of try new things, um, look at, you know, some of the pain points that you, your customers have and model a, a service in a more innovative way. I think it's wide open right now. And there's a lot of opportunity for growth for firms that want to think, want to try to think a bit differently. All right. So this is really business model innovation. Correct. Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, usually when you ask people what the biggest opportunities in the profession are and what the biggest threats are, they tend to be the same thing. The pace of change, mm-hmm. technology. Yep. <laughs> so it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting question. Um, so let's say I'm a 21 year old, I'm a senior in college, and I'm about to sit for the exam. I'm starting to interview with CPA firms of all sizes, big four, regionals, you know, top ten, and some smaller ones maybe in my area, say Montreal. 
and I contact you and want, want to take you to dinner or coffee and pick your brain, what advice do you have for me? I would say you don't have to follow the usual path. You could chart your own path. It's good to, you might not know exactly where you want to go, but um, it's okay to try different things. And um, I think there's, you know, a lot of people that go into accounting and they just follow the same path that everyone else does. And if you look at a lot of the modern firms out there, uh, at the moment, these are younger people that started these firms that have been on a non-traditional course and they've uh, created very successful businesses. So I think, you know, it's in 2018 where we could take a different path and we could do things differently and you don't have to follow the tried, tested and true way of doing things. Would you advise that I go work for a big four? It depends on your personality. Um, it, you know, big four suits some people very, very well. Um, you know, when we put our job po postings out, for instance, we want to, we want to, we, we want to really turn away people very early on um, that m might be a better suit at the big, might be better suited at the big four. So um, I'm not big four is definitely, I think it's a, a, a good place to gain a lot of experience, but is it the type of experience that you want to gain? Um, for myself, I would, you know, I never, I never wanted to go down that path. Um, others may though. So it, it really depends on your personality. That's why it might be good to try things, try a variety of things out as you're in your younger days. Right, right. When you have when you have more freedom and maybe less to lose, and you're not as tied to things. Let me ask you this, and you don't have to yeah. answer this, but I'm just curious. Do you find that um, big X, big four folks, you know, because the turnover is so high after two or three years, do you find them to be good talent for your firm? So we have a variety of of different team members, and some of them have come from the big four. And um, they're better suited for they, They've tried the big four and the big four didn't work for them. They didn't give the flexibility they wanted. Um, they didn't give the autonomy they wanted. Um, it was too much of that bureaucracy. Um, and they were just not well suited for that. You know, they followed the, the typical path. And then they found themselves in a firm that they just didn't connect with. Um, so now there's a new option of firms out there. There's different types of cloud accounting firms and online accounting firms that operate completely differently, that have a different kind of culture. And some people just connect a lot better with that kind of culture. Right, right. They, they probably, well, the no time sheet, obviously, but also the yep. more the results-oriented culture. and Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Ryan, you're obviously an entrepreneurial guy. What's the best advice you've ever received in your career? Uh, sometimes you just have to jump in. Sometimes <laughs> you can't overthink things, and you just have to you just have to jump in. Some people some people tend to overthink things and ha try to ha hash out like a, a perfect plan right off the bat. 
they're too busy working on their plan that they actually don't get started on their idea, let's say. So I think it's important. I think, I think a lot of that concept is reflected in what we do at Zen Accounting. Like we try new things. We just jump in. We don't, yes, we have to, you know, depending on the seriousness of the issue, we have to kind of maybe plan things out a little bit beforehand, but uh, I think too much planning could kill the idea also. So if you want to, if you want to be, if you want to innovate, I think at a certain point you have to just jump in. Right. Just do it as a famous company likes to say. The other thing I noticed too about your options on your website is you have Fathom in 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 yeah. the Supreme Zen package, the top package, and that is more I know of an advisory role. Do you find yeah. yourself and your firm more and more helping clients make history rather than just reporting on it? So very early on in the firm, we decided we were going to be a firm that would only offer tax services and virtual CFO support and help help businesses look ahead. And what we realized actually is that that's all well and good, but if you're not, if you don't have like proper data and the integrity of the data is not there and timely access to that data, then uh, your virtual CFO services are, are useless. So we switched up our model four years ago where we actually required to do bookkeeping for all of our customers so that we can maintain the integrity of the data throughout the year on a timely basis and leverage that to become better virtual CFOs and better planners. But because of the switch in our model, we've definitely, we definitely have a heavy emphasis on workflow automation and automating processes, and that's our phase one. And then phase two is helping our, business, our, our customers look ahead and act more as like a virtual CFO or a part-time CFO. But I wouldn't say it's a massive part of our offering. Right, right. Do you see that area growing? That's, um, that, that's been the, uh, the buzz the last few years. Uh, everybody's kind of pushing that, like uh, virtual CFO and advisory services is, uh, is uh, you know, what you have to build your firm around. A big part of what we do, though, is really workflow automation, and we're still seeing a huge amount of demand for that because a lot of small businesses, their finance function is in complete disarray. So a lot of value is brought to them if we can completely remodel it, make it super efficient and very streamlined, and then we can worry about the other stuff afterwards. So while there has been you know, a lot of push for and a lot of talk about how your firm has to be an advisory firm, um, I think there's still a, a lot of demand for actually doing a very good job on the compliance and automating the compliance before you can move to the next step. I think a balance is also important. Like we, we certainly re- recognize that customers and businesses, they want to look ahead and they need help with planning and that aspect of things. So there is a little bit of virtual CFO services included in all of our plans. Excellent. Well, Ryan, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for appearing on the soul of enterprise today. We've learned a lot and I hope uh, our listeners found this helpful and we'll certainly uh, link up to your blog and your website so people can check you out and learn more about you. And Ed, what do we have on store for next week? Ron, it's free Rider Friday next week. Awesome. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise. 
Business in the Knowledge Economy. Sponsored by Sage. It's around the world with the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please do visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.